This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, it's time once again to resolve to be resolute. Plus, Biz recovers from the holidays, Teresa wants to remind us about her great gift, and we talk to Barbara Sarneka about her recent study on how moral judgments affect how we perceive risk. Woo! Hello, Teresa. Happy New Year, Biz. Happy New Year. I saw you last year. Great to see you in the new year. I know. Here we are. There was so much like there was so (laughs) much anticipation. There was, and now we're We're here. here. It's arrived. Seven swears. He's just going to walk around the office, and every time he leaves a meeting, he's just going to be like, "See you next year." Oh God! I was like, "Good idea." That's right. (laughs) I don't think I. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. I don't. I I didn't like get it together to say that to I, anyone this I didn't, year. I, I kind of snuck up on yeah. you, even though it was like much anticipated. Then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, I'll be writing 2016 on everything for oh, sure. the next eight months. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I want to remind everyone <laughs> that <laughs> I had thanks to my parents. Um, I had. Four days and four nights uh, vacation oh my. from my children wow. over the break. Th- this is incredible. And we yeah. all want to know, did you do it right? <laughs> yes. Whoa. Yes. Wow. I did it right. Um, that is because of experience. Yeah. And You're a getting lot really of, good at this. Thank you. Yeah. I had to get my head space yeah. right. Yeah. And I did. Good. And it was, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. (laughs) Like, Jesse and I kept going, like, this is so crazy. Like, we were just, like, we were just in awe. Yeah. Like, we didn't even know. I mean, it was just. It's a lot. It was so crazy. I mean, what was, what'd you do? What was the best thing you did? we were, so we were at home. My kids, so we had gone to, we'd gone to the cabin for Christmas with my family. And then my parents took the kids home wow. with them to their house wow. in Northern California. Jesse and I drove back to LA. Wow. And so we were in our own home, which was nice yeah. because we didn't we weren't like off somewhere. We got to like be <laughs> in our own space. You in fact have not been in your own home by yourselves no. ever in that home. No. No. Not really. You moved into that home with uh Simon. Yeah. Yes. And uh, a and pregnancy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, the dogs were there, and they were cute, <laughs> and, like, they got walks every day, <laughs> which is, like, really nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, we went to the movies, we ate out a whole bunch, like, our fridge kept getting filled with leftovers nice. from eating out, you know? Um, we took a few days to, like, unpack from our trip, like, yeah. we didn't, like, bother to clean up right away or wow. anything like that. Um, we did, like, some hiking, we just 
like laid around. We nice. like I and then like towards the end, I was like, you know, I'm gonna feel really good when the kids get home if I can get some like cleaning yeah. done and like yeah. really get stuff or get like organize some toys, get like some books out of here. Like yeah. there was just like a lot of stuff that had accumulated like that I'd been like <laughs> looking at for like a year, like wanting to deal right, with that yeah. I hadn't. And so I was able to deal with a lot of that stuff. I mean, it was just it was crazy. Oh, like so it was good. crazy. We didn't fight. Like we didn't ha- like we were joking <laughs> going into it, like, oh, we're totally gonna spend like at least one day having like a big stupid fight. Right. You know? We didn't fight. We wow. were just like really happy to be together. Oh Do you know God. what I mean? Yes. And it was just it was just it was magical. And I'm then so like glad. my kids had such a great time with their grandparents. Yeah. And then they came home and they were happy to come home and we had missed them and they missed us. Yeah. And I mean, it was just I like I can't thank my parents enough for this. That's like it was so just good. It good was job, really magical. Parents. Good job, you guys. Yeah, thank good you. Good job, Oscar and Simon, for like enjoying that yeah, time. They like, did great. Yeah, everybody. That's a, that is an amazing gift. Yes. How are you? I. <laughs> oh my gosh, we were hit with the plague. Over oh, Christmas, no. Christmas no. Eve. That's Katie so Bell, unfair. It, really, it was kind of a bummer. Christmas, uh, leading up to Christmas, Katie Bell had like the runny nose kind of cold thing that uh-huh. I was like, you're fine. You're a trooper. You're not yeah. really sick. You're That's like a winter nose. runny yeah, nose. Winter runny nose. Yeah. yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Christmas Eve, Ellis just goes from like great to like crashing. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, but we, you know, get everybody to bed. Santa's coming. The whole nine yards. I'm up Christmas Eve. Every hour with him. He's just unconcerned. He keeps waking up half between. Uh, Well, he had no fever, but we kept giving him Tylenol because I was like, clearly there's like Mm. something's bothering him. Uh, It was like a mix of his night terrors and Mm. Santa Claus is coming. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like some sort of night terror mixed Uh with uh, a cold coming on. Right. And uh, and then he was sick. Uh, for several days, Stefan woke up Christmas Day sick to the point where, like, halfway through the day, like at two o'clock, I just looked at him and I was like, "Go to bed." Yeah, like, I got. I, you know what I mean, we, I I am the one who has like the zero patience for the like walking around looking sick. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm fine walking around looking sick myself, but like when Stefan right. is sick, yeah, he looks just like go, go in lay your down, and close the door. You're not helping, <laughs> right? Because um, I can't take care of you, so right. you're like go lay yeah, down. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, he was out. Stefan was sick for like two more days. Ellis, you know, now still has the cough. They both still have the cough. And then I got it. Day, like two days after Christmas, I got it. And I, I mean, Ellis was pretty much just like coughing directly in my sure. mouth at times. Yeah. Uh, just our drool, the drool, yeah. which now, thanks to you, it's clearly not teething. Yeah. It could be the sign of the some sore sort of threat. threat. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. And I'm like... Out. I, yeah. I am every night, seven, as soon as Ellis is down, it's the yeah. NyQuil and out and just did not, like, I think two days ago, around January 1st, uh-huh. I felt really great. Okay. And then I went to the Rose Bowl Parade <laughs> yesterday. I was, like, outside in the cold, oh, uh, windy yeah. weather, because a cold will make you it sick. Make you sick. Um, and then this morning I spoke up with the sinuses stuffed up again. So we've basically all just been like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was the holidays. I'm glad that some they are. Some years are like that. Yeah, some years are like that. There They're was just, great yeah. unity, great solidarity uh-huh. on the one bed mother community. Uh-huh. Uh, every, a lot of other people sick. Got yep. the gift of sickness for the holidays. Um, so I just was like, good. I'm, I'm happy that I'm done with it. I'm happy that, a little happy that I'm done with 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for 2017 and to be well 
which I think ties nicely into what we're going to talk about today, which is our desire to be resolute with our resolutions. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. It's a new year. 2016 is what we just came out of. Now, I like to go back and listen to our previous shows uh, on the resolution shows. Mm -hmm. So our first year when Uh we were doing resolutions, we spoke uh, a lot about resolutions. Why are they this weird negative thing that we do? Like they seem to come out of a place of like Like I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I need to fix myself. And I thought the big insight that year was also no one's asking us to do this. Right. Because no one cares if you achieve that. that No one's like, yeah, are you going to work on your posture this year, Teresa? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. All right. So that was takeaway Mm -hmm. from our first uh, resolution show. This year, last year, Mm -hmm. uh, we decided to do some reflecting back Mm. on the year, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as try and look at our resolutions to be more like, what are we looking forward to? Mm -hmm. Right. Let's resolve to look forward to something that may be Mm. personal, maybe a personal growth kind of thing. What are ways to just... Be even more awesome. Oh, that's nice. Right? That way was a go, way to like it. We were, we were so on it. Okay. So it's also every year, it's a time for us to talk about how little you've touched your banjo in the past. Oh, guys. Right? Isn't the, that the, the, the main point of this <laughs> is to serve as a reminder that I have not touched my banjo. <laughs> I continue to not touch my banjo. And no, it's not a metaphor. It's literally a banjo <laughs> under my bed. Okay. So let's, let's take a flashback. Uh-huh. to where we were last year in terms of what we wanted to do to make our lives better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours is in sort of two parts. There's sort of a setup and then the resolution, I think, both add value okay. to, for our memory sake. Okay. Okay. So so let's let's listen. I would to, just like to say I have no recollection yeah, of Teresa this. Teresa doesn't go I, back I and have, listen to the show. She has no, no idea. So this will be a surprise for this me. This is going to be good. All right. <laughs> Um, but my kind of big one for this year, I guess, it's this is my resolution. So basically, I have this. I've never talked about this on the show before, I don't think. I have a weird uh, middle ear tube disorder oh called patula eustachian <laughs> tube, which is um, where your middle ear tube, your eustachian tube, uh, remains open um, most of the time or a lot of the time when it's supposed to be closed. Like most people's middle ear tube is closed except for like when you yawn or swallow for you like a second. You did talk about it some when you were pregnant because it really affected Maybe you Maybe I did talk about it. Just briefly, pregnant. but yeah. yeah, yeah. So the big thing that my ENT said that I could do is basically get it permanently closed and um, have ear tubes okay. in my eardrums like mm. for the rest of my life, which I just, the way he described it to me just sounded like it would be a big hassle basically for the rest of my life and uncomfortable and might not work that well blah 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 and so I kind of had resigned myself to there's nothing I can do about this right So uh, the setup, uh, it was that you had this uh, ear problem Mm -hmm. and you had resolved yourself Mm -hmm. 
to living with this. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and you clearly, as people might have heard, uh, heard Teresa say, oh, God, do we have to listen to all this? Yeah. <laughs> which, may, which may be predicting where we're headed with this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then the show, we you talk at great length about uh, why this may not be something you want to live with. Yeah. And then you you wrap it up with... I just decided I'm not just going to, like, sit around and be sad about this. Right. I'm going to, like, fight it. Good so job. that's that's going to be 2016. I actually have my, like, surgery appointment consultation wow. later today. Whoa. So this is, like, happening. Nice. Yeah. So I realized when I was listening back on this, I have actually no idea if where this played out. I mean, it's it's horrible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, this like actually makes me want to cry. No, I don't have anything to report. Like, okay, the surgery consultation did not go well. The doctor like strongly advised against doing anything. Oh my god. He promised to like look into alternate solutions. He pretty much never did. Um, he's retiring and hopefully somebody better is going to take over. In the meantime, I got pregnant and yeah. I, there's nothing I can really do, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's really bad. It's still it's, really bad. It sucks every day. Yeah. It really, really sucks. Well, yeah. I'm so glad I could bring that up. <laughs> Thank you. And play. So much. <laughs> well, that, that was your resolution. <laughs> I know. It's not your fault at no, all. No, but it's I, not do, your I fault. think that's, a, but here's the thing. Actually, I'm kind of glad we went through that because- mm-hmm. What I liked about re-listening to that early, like when I was home listening mm-hmm. to it, and and uh, and even now, is that what I what I inspired me so much about that is your resolution was just that you were like, no, I don't have. I'm actually gonna try and figure this out. Yeah. And then the year happened. You have a doctor who wasn't very good at helping you figure it out, and you got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so that put everything on hold. Yeah. But. I think that's sort of what happens with these concepts of resolution. Yeah, you know, like if you would totally. like put this out in the universe in March, right? <laughs> I wouldn't be digging through files trying to find so it, right? Like, yeah. there's something inherently fucked up about resolution yeah. making. Yeah, uh, which is why we're going to do another show where we do it um, because clearly this is enjoyable to go back and find <laughs> these. Um, there is something ugh, when you realize yeah. that maybe you didn't. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't make mine either. <laughs> yeah, but, but there mine's is not causing me horrible, uncomfortable pain. Yeah, like when there's something... it's not pain, but it is really, really frustrating yeah. and annoying. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. There is something about. I think it, this actually comes full circle yeah. back around to like what we first talked about with resolutions, which is like, why? Why do we feel like? Like, because it's the beginning of a new year, we have to, like, give ourselves an extra special job to do. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Like, really shitty to-do list. Yeah. That's, like, That's, like, and this will come back and haunt you. Yeah. yeah. We're all waiting to hear. Like, we already know there's all this other stuff that you do every day. And there's all this other stuff that you, like, have on your mind that you want to do. We're going to just, like, pick a thing. We're going to, (laughs) like, pick pick a a thing. thing And, like, just give ourselves this, like, weird... Guilt trip Challenge. to like get <laughs> yeah. something done. Yeah, I mean, even the idea of saying we're going to Ugh. make ourselves more awesome still suggests that we're not awesome right now. 
It does. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, I like, I think it's better. See, what I did, I didn't do that with right. my resolution. That's okay. what the problem is. Like, I feel like making ourselves more awesome is good. It's a right. good goal. And if yeah. there's no, like, end point, it's just, like, something like good journey to work awesome. on and, right. like, think about, you know? And, um... And can mean so many things. Right. But, like, the the thing that I did is I just, like, picked a thing that's, like, mostly out of my control <laughs> and decided to conquer it, which is, like, really, like, worst case scenario. But Do you know what I'm saying? Sort of a reflection on pre-pregnant Teresa when you were maybe feeling like... Yeah, a lot of our show last year involved us being like, we're coming out of the fog. Yeah. Stuff. And we weren't, guys. We weren't. <laughs> there was, there, we were still, it was like such a like oh, God. dumb thing to say. It's like, yeah. you know, being 15 and being like, I understand deep, you know. Yeah. I'm really deep at 15. Right. You're not. No. You're not. No. <laughs> You're Sorry. 15. You're 15. Yeah. You're inherently not deep. Yeah. Uh, and at where we were last year yeah. with roughly two year olds and five and I mean four and seven years six year olds we were not out of a fog no then we weren't so we really we, wanted we, to we wanted to be fog. it made us sound good but we weren't <laughs> all right well here you can get a good laugh at this one okay let's let's listen to what my resolution was for last year okay speaking of smug 15 year olds I think for me yeah, I think my big resolution is going to be possibly not uh, lying to myself about what I can achieve. Mm. You know, I am a, I'm a bit of a type A-er. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to have lots of things happening at once. And I think what upsets me is when I can't achieve those things mm-hmm. over the course of the time allotted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, suddenly... You know, uh, finishing a quilt for some friends was something I really wanted to do, but it was like just this, like, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fun was out of it. The yeah. like cooking all these holiday treats. The fun was out of it because yeah. we had a little time to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and not that I want to like get rid of doing things that I enjoy, but I have got to figure out how to sort everything else out mm-hmm. so that I can then find joy even in these small acts of cooking something or making something or going for a walk without feeling that I am screwing up other obligations that I have. Uh, I believe you followed that up with a question of, how are you going to do that? No. <laughs> Sounds that sounds reasonable. a reasonable question. Yeah. yeah, I didn't do that, guys. Just want everybody to know. Yeah. I, it was like I thought about it. Yeah, seemed lofty and deep. Yeah, uh, and then I just you overcommitted. Struggled through the rest of this year, like I always do. Yeah. That's like an unattainable thing too. Like yeah. a little bit. That's like one of those things where it's like I'm gonna do this thing that I actually have little. Control I'm gonna change of. my personality. Change my it's per- gonna be no problem. <laughs> I'm not sure how, but I'll just change my personality. <laughs> I have plenty of time to do some deep soul-building work while surrounded by two children, uh, two cats, two fish, a snail, and my husband. Uh, yeah, that that's also unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, and and then I look back and I'm like, no, nah, I'm still like struggling to get stuff done. No, yeah. what I was essentially saying in retrospect was, no, I would have to cut all the fun stuff out. You know, yeah. like, you're saying, but people are always like, slow down. And I'm like, but then I'm just, there's literally nothing happening. It's like you either go from like, what you're normally doing all day as yeah. a parent and as a person with a job and as a person yeah. trying to maintain relationships yeah. to not doing anything. Like, that's the only kind of way to, like, because each that we've talked about this, each thing requires, you can't 
pull back on kids. No. I feel like we're at the bare bones anyway. I take you to school and I feed you and you know what I mean? Like I love you and bathe you and like it's not like I've got them signed up for 30 activities. No, just no. the basic stuff. Yeah. You know, I need to have a relationship with my husband, right? Right. I need to like have a relationship with friends right. and people and I need to do self-care. So like where I was know. what was that? What that's was that gonna So that's all enough right there. But then you do still like commit yourself right. to like a lot of extra yeah, stuff which is I what do. I think you were actually right, talking about. To. But that's but that is like but that is also fulfilling to you right. on some level. So it's not like you're just doing that because you're like, well I can't say no to that. Well right. You're yeah. like you actually you kind of like doing, I like doing that, that stuff. That stuff. Yeah. So I mean yeah. I know. So like yeah, no, there's that's, no answer. I feel like it's been a long lesson coming mm. that maybe we should just say <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> to resolution. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm ready for that this year. Just, just, I'm totally ready for resolution that this year. <laughs> is to say, fuck you, resolution. Sure. Because you know what? Actually, if we were to reflect back on uh-huh. 2016, uh-huh. and I, I think we actually should take a moment. There's yeah. a lot of, of people saying things like, 2016 sucked for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Okay? Sure. And, and, and all of those reasons. All of those reasons are, are valid, valid and true. Yeah. But I would like to take a moment to say... I think we also had a pretty good 2016. Uh-huh. We came up with the idea that we are getting really good at this. True. And I think that is the the best takeaway from yeah. 2016 for the show. That was a really good takeaway. Because that's almost like the ultimate resolution a it little bit. It actually is. Am You're I getting so right. better at this? Yeah. I, that's what I feel like. Yeah. That's it. That is so it. Right? You're so right. That's yeah. it, isn't it? Yes. So just... Everybody, yeah. you're getting really good at this. Yes. Teresa's getting really good at this. I'm getting really good at this. Whatever this is, is definable to each of us. Yeah, and depends on the moment. Right, and depends on the moment. Yeah. There's no, like, I can do X, Y, and Z. It's not like Lent or something where you're giving up pickles for a month. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're like, there's no way. Who gives up pickles? I don't know. Some who, Catholic who's who really into pickles. pickles. Some Episcopalian who really needs pickles. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> may give up pickles. Somebody may have a pickle problem and needs <laughs> to sacrifice pickles. Look. I'm just saying, everybody's their own person. All right. I think maybe when I was like 12, I gave up pickles That's or something adorable. for a isn't it? It's adorable. Uh, I'm adorable. I'm going to strive to be more adorable. Yeah, you're getting really good at being adorable. I'm getting really good at Yeah. So, you know what? Whatever your resolutions were, yeah. if there's something that like, A, possibly are really difficult to achieve, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they're not about just becoming more awesome in general. Mm-hmm. And no one cares if you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the big one. Yeah. Especially yourself. Yeah. And Teresa and I both look back on those and we're surprised by our resolution. Yeah. I mean, really surprised by what they were. Yeah. And neither of us, I think, really care no. that we made those resolutions. No. They're not. Like, they're hearing like, that was not helpful. Yeah. To same here. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. Okay. Uh, whatever. I guess that's what I was thinking about yeah. a year ago. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so... 2017, fuck your resolutions. You're getting really good at this.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Guys, we love Blue Apron. We get it. My mom and dad actually get it now. It's super easy to follow instructions. Almost all of it's like a one-pot sort of deal. And the ingredients are fresh and good. And it's a great uh, reason to try new stuff, especially if you like to cook like I do. It really got me out of a lot of cooking ruts. Tuesday is not always spaghetti and meatball night. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badmother. That's blueapron.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. Um, so, actually, speaking of my debilitating uh, middle ear tube... <laughs> Um, the only way sometimes to uh, feel better with that during the day is to be horizontal. Mm. Um, and so sometimes like during the day, I just kind of have to lay down for 10 or 20 minutes at a time. Um, and a couple days ago, I was like having a lot of trouble with my ear and I needed to lay down and my kids had just come home and I really missed them and I was really happy to be with them. But I had to be laying down and that was really like not a very helpful or good thing to be doing with my five and three-year-olds. Um, like yeah. I just wanted yeah. to be playing with them, but I had to be laying down. Um, so I was laying down and I invited Oscar to sit on the mommy bench. <laughs> I was laying down on my bed yeah. and like behind me was my maternity pillow oh. and like another big pillow and just like all the big fluffy blankets. So I invited Oscar to sit on the mommy bench, which was basically I was on my side and he just sat on like my hip. Yeah. And then I said like, oh, are you feeling comfortable there? Is that is that comfortable? And he's like, oh, yes. And then I just took his legs and flipped him backwards. <laughs> and so he like fell in a big pile of pillows and he thought it was like the best, most hilarious, most amazing thing ever. <laughs> And then Simon wanted to sit on the mommy bench, too. Uh, and so we just played this game that lasted, like, probably 20 minutes whoa. where they were just cracking up the entire time. And it was so easy because all I had to do was flip their legs back. I yeah. didn't have I was just laying there. Yeah. I didn't have to really do anything. <laughs> and uh, we had the best time. Good job. Yeah. Excellent job. Thank you. I merged my children into the same room oh my and God. turned Ellis's room into a toy room. Because it's really too small to be like a play play room. Yeah. But like That's where guys, you keep the toys. It's like, a toy closet. Yes, the toy, the toy closet. His room, guys, was so small. Uh, and there's still a few things. I uh-huh. need some tweaking. Yeah. But over the course of this week, with a slumber party in the middle of it, mm. I did it. Awesome. And guys, it looks pretty good cool. they both love it Aww. ellis is like a whole like like now it's his room he yeah. can go into it. and he has all this room like originally his he like played in the den because right that's basically the only place he could really play now he knows he can be in that room and katie bell's really good about it and like it, it just 
I just nailed it. Oh my god, that's so great. And that's so cute. It is really cute, and they really like it. And Ellis has like all these books he can see now because they're up and on bookshelves. Yeah, just it is a game changer. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling with a genius moment. The a couple days ago, my husband and I and our ten month old were traveling to visit friends for the holiday. And it's about a five-hour drive, so we knew we would have to make a stop halfway through for lunch and just to get out of the car and stretch. With a 10-month-old, we were also trying to find a place where he could get out and crawl around on the floor. Um, Most restaurants aren't great for him to roll around. He just gets out of the car and gets strapped in the car seat. He's a pretty active dude. He wants to stretch his legs and play around and get his yayas out a little bit. (laughs) And then it dawned on me we should just find a public library in the town we were stopping in for lunch. We looked it up. They had a public library. We stopped there. It had a great children's room with toys and books and plenty of floor space, and nobody cared that we were just letting our baby roll all around and chew on things and stand up and pull books off the shelves because (laughs) that's what they're there for. So that's something. Find as the holiday season approaches, traveling with little ones that need a place to crawl around safely, check out your local public library. Thanks. Everyone's doing a great job. Have a happy holiday season. Love the show. Yeah, I thought this was really genius. It's really genius. It, because like, like if you're going to kill like 30, 40 minutes somewhere to yeah. let your kids like walk around, especially if it's like cold weather and you can't go to like a, yeah, you a know, stop or yeah. a park or whatever. Yeah. That is so smart. And you know what? When we used to travel with Katie Bell, we don't go anywhere with Ellis. When we used to travel <laughs> with Katie Bell, we would like look for children's museums. Oh, uh-huh. but I don't know why it never crossed your mind to look for libraries where yeah. we were. But like, all hail the public library, guys. Yeah. If you have not gone to your public library for whatever reason, it is the pl- If you have got little kids, it is a heaven. Yeah. It is heaven. Yeah. Go to your library. Good job. Good job. I mean, really, that is a good job. I'm it glad really you called is. that in. That yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So <laughs> last year, we were going up to the snow um, in January, and my kids didn't have, like, snow clothes. And so I just went ahead and bought them each, like, those bib coveralls. Um, not coveralls. Overalls, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, like, found them pretty cheap, and I got them, like, a size up because I was thinking, we'll be going to the snow more, and, you know, we'll use these again. And right. so it's worth buying them. So then somehow I lost them after we <laughs> used them. Like, I lost them. Yeah. I have no idea where they are. So even though they're, like, the right size now for this winter – I don't have them. And so I realized this before Christmas when we were going up to the cabin. I knew we were going to need snow stuff. And I mentioned to Jesse, I had gotten these things, but I can't find them anywhere. Like, they're gone. And so he went ahead and found more and bought, like, the kids each an extra, a new pair. And so, and then I was in charge of packing everybody for the cabin. And I just left them at home. They They were just sitting on the couch in the kids' room. For like a week or maybe even two weeks because it was like, I want these out so I remember to bring them. And then at some point I got sick of seeing them there and like shoved them in the closet. And then when we packed, I just didn't pack them. And so we just didn't have them. Like, Like I just 
didn't we didn't have any like actual snow pants. So like we did sledding. We were like in the snow a yeah. lot. There was a lot of snow, and my kids had like good jackets, yeah. good gloves, good hats. Like <laughs> boots, they had snow yeah. boots, and then they just had pants had- that were getting completely soaked yeah. and frozen legs, oh, like baby. frozen legs, like <laughs> pretty much instantly. Oh. And I just felt so stupid and so terrible because not only was I like subjecting my children to frostbite, sure. I also just like, it was just like so many multiple yeah. fails on my part that led to that. Like uh, You just had them stored right next to the swim diapers. Exactly. <laughs> They're, that's exactly where they are. Yep. Just keep those together. We'll just keep them together. They'll just sit there until my kids oh, are 18 Teresa. and they move out. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Those are like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Katie Bell had a friend spend the night on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds really fun. It does sound fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Stefan and I were reminded our house was not set up for sleepovers. It's oh. just too open. It's too. We could just hear you everything. You could hear everything. And I don't want to hear our two right. seven-year-olds talking all night. Right. It makes me bananas. Right. That's not the fail. Okay. Okay. The fail was uh, it's time to order their pizza. Uh-huh. What do you guys want on your pizza? One, Katie Bell wants pineapple and onion. Uh, the friend wants. Okay. <laughs> it's delicious. The it is friend, delicious. It is. The friend cool. wants chicken. <clears throat> the friend wants chicken and mushrooms. Okay. All right. So I, I'm going to do a half, half and half. half. There we do go. Do half and half. All right. Okay. So I go online where I always order. Yeah. Half chicken, half mushroom, half pineapple, half onion. I even go in and say, guys, just want to make yeah. sure. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 And I'm so pleased with myself because yeah. I have double checked it, yeah. and the pizza arrives, yeah. and it's it's mushroom and onion, <laughs> oh, no. and pineapple chicken and, pineapple. and chicken, <laughs> and, uh, and like it's so not right. It's so funny. And I go, I was like, I can't believe they messed this up. And I go and I pull out my order. It's me. Oh, I no. clearly I messed it up. And no. Stefan just Stefan thanks to the show. Right. Thank you, show. Seven just walks by and just gives me the big pointy finger. And I was like, here's your fail for this week. <laughs> and I was like, and you know, and the kids actually did all right. They kind of. Did they, they eat it? And they both had like a bite. And they're like, we've invented a new pizza. And then after like two bites, they're like, this sucks. Yeah. They're like, didn't want to eat anything. Oh, no. Uh, whatever. They don't, right. yeah, children that age don't need food. They just, no. they just feed off their own energy. It's true. And the brownies I then gave them. Right. There we go. <laughs> hey, this is a, a fail. My wife is uh, in her first trimester of her first baby. And we're getting to that end of that first trimester. And I've been reading, you know, here and help that she's coming here, whatever. So I've been trying to you know, uh, crown a little bit and, you know, spin her dairy tech and stuff like that, see if she's interested or whatever. Well, uh, in uh, haste, I was trying to do that one day. My boss texts me, and then I go back to text my wife. I don't look at the name of who I'm texting, and I start sending sexy text messages to my boss. <laughs> uh, needless to say, he got five kids, and it was, he was okay with it and laughed it off. Um, but, I was a bit of a joke for about a week at my <laughs> office. Anyway, thanks. 
Yeah. Wow. That, well, kudos to trying to send sexy texts to your pregnant wife. Yeah, that's, that's nice. very nice. Really nice. Really nice. You did it wrong, though. You you, you totally made messed a it mistake. up. Yeah, you, you did it. <laughs> you did it wrong. I think is exactly the way to phrase that. That is, there is a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that. And as Teresa so elegantly put it, you did that very wrong. <laughs> so you're a horrible, a horrible person, <laughs> and employee. And husband. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bed Mother is supported in part by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They offer an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Jesse and I have one of these mattresses. It's super comfortable. We're super happy with it. And also, I would like to point out, somebody was asking me on the Facebook group recently if there's any issue with intimate, intimate uh, times, like whether that... Like whether it's good for it's good for that, sure. And I would like to report that it's it's great. I think it's great. Casper mattresses feature supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's just the right sink and just the right bounce for all your intimacies. (laughs) There's a risk-free trial and return policy, so you can try sleeping on a Casper for a hundred days with free delivery to the U.S. and Canada, and painless returns. The mattresses are made in America. One Bad Mother listeners can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash badmother and using the promo code badmother at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Teresa. Yes. Let's call them all. Great. This week we are calling Barbara Soneca, who is a professor in the cognitive sciences departments at the University of California, Irvine, and the primary investigator in the Soneca Cognitive Development Lab. Most of her work to date has looked at how young children acquire number concepts, and her more recent work focuses on the development of social cognition as well as on adult moral reasoning and risk perception. One of her latest studies was No Child Left Alone. Moral judgments about parents affect estimates to risk of children. Welcome, Barbara. Hi, thanks. Hi, we are so happy to have you here. First, before we get into the study, I wanted to ask you a question we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Well, I live in my house with my husband of 20 years and our two kids, our two sons who are 17 and 11, and our two dogs. Nice. We will not derail into a conversation about dogs, as we are up <laughs> to do. <laughs> right. uh, first, before we get into the discussion, I wanted to take a moment, because I am uh, the type of person who likes to think I know a lot of things about stuff, and then uh-huh. talk about them <laughs> with great confidence. That's why you're the host, of a, podcast. Why host of a podcast. Let me confidently talk about <laughs> something I know very little about, uh, which is the premise of all parenting books. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I would like to give uh, me sort of a, a a brief synopsis of what is a what is cognitive science. What what do oh, you do? Oh, cognitive science is um, a field that kind of started existing in the '60s that was putting together uh, cognitive psychology, which is the part of psychology that talks about thinking and memory and attention, um, brain science, neuroscience, and art- also like artificial intelligence. 
um, uh, kind of those parts of robotics that try to imitate human perception or human thinking. So there's a whole bunch of things that broadly have to do with uh, thinking and the brain that okay. get put together and are called cognitive science. Awesome. Nice. But your focus tends to, has been to date, uh, a lot on kids. Mine was cognitive development. So that's like the development of thinking, like how kids' minds get put together and how you learn uh, con concepts and how you start thinking like an adult. Did that help at all, uh, raising when your kids were little? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I think it's, uh, well, one thing that's been surprising to me among all my <laughs> developmental psychologist friends when we've had kids is we all thought we'd really enjoy being home with kids because we <laughs> are developmental psychologists. And we're like, oh, I, I study kids all the time. I think development is fascinating. I'm sure I will adore being home with my kids. And of course, it, no, it's super boring. Like being home with kids is like nothing at all like being a researcher. Like, <laughs> My job as a researcher, even though I'm talking about development, is like I look at, you know, I design experiments, we collect data, I analyze the data, I write papers, I write grants, I teach class. It's nothing like being home with a kid. Being home with a kid is just incredibly boring most of the time and frustrating <laughs> and difficult. So I hated it. I was really depressed staying home with my kids when they were babies. <laughs> The, uh, well, I wonder how much that has to do with the study. So let's talk about the study, actually. So <laughs> I should say, though, I love um, – I, the older my kids get, the more fun I have parenting. Like, I think part of being a developmental uh, cognitive development psychologist is, like, it's really cool to me to see them – to see their thinking develop and uh -huh. to see their concepts develop. And so the more they – started talking and reasoning and puzzling things out and navigating the world, the more fun I had with it. So I'm kind of, you know, some people say, I just love babies. I wish they would stay babies forever. And I don't, I'm the opposite of that. Like the older they get, the more interesting I find them. <laughs> Let's talk about the study. So, All right. so the study, No Child Left Alone, uh, basically we're talking about how our society currently is reacting when a child is left alone, whether it's like a six-year-old on an iPad or a parked car in the shade while a parent goes to the ATM still in visual sight. Or a 10-year-old at the park. Basically, things we all remember doing as kids, but now seem to border criminal because yeah. da, 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 we love to judge. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering, let's start with what led you and your fellow researchers to examine this and really what's wrong with us and how frustrated are you with all of us? <laughs> mm. uh, well, I'm personally very frustrated, I as bet. I'm sure all <laughs> rational people who are raising children in this environment are. <laughs> right. Um, I, I mean, so from a, in terms of the being frustrated thing, uh, I feel like suddenly everyone around me has developed a phobia of flying on airplanes, for example, mm -hmm. and that because I don't share the phobia, like I'm, I'm in danger of being reported to police, you know, like, mm -hmm. like somebody's going to see me getting on a plane with my kid and call the police and right. say, do you know she's getting on a plane with her? You know, like it's a, it's a fear that is just not founded in fact. Yeah. It's relatively safe to get on an airplane and it's relatively safe to let kids be unsupervised for short periods of time in, you know, places like parks and, you know, cars and stuff like that. And so the fact that parents can be, uh, that people are calling 911 and, and reporting people to the police and parents are getting arrested and, and prosecuted for doing things that are, like, objectively speaking, safe, like acceptably low-risk things, like taking an airplane ride somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's just crazy. Like, it, it just seems nuts. 
So the way that's, in answer to your question of how did I get interested or how do we start doing this study, I read an article in uh, Salon, I think it was, by Kim Brooks mm-hmm. called The Day I Left My Kid in the Car or The Day I Left My Son in the Car or something like that. Yeah. Um, and she, it was very interesting, um, first person, true story about uh, she had been visiting her mother or mother-in-law. She had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. She was going to fly home. She realized she didn't have any headphones for the four-year-old for the flight. And, you know, she's going to be tending to the one-year-old. So she needs the four-year-old to be able to like watch a movie or whatever on the plane. So she dashed out to get headphones and the kid said, I want to come with you. And she's like, all right, all right, come on, you know, get in the car. And so he's playing on the iPad in the car. They drive to the store. And then when they get to the store, he doesn't want to get out of the car because it turns out he just gets to play iPad in the car and he wanted to come with her just so he could play on the iPad. (laughs) And so, you know, she's just got to jump in this convenience store and grab a pair of headphones and she's looking at him thinking he's going to have a massive tantrum. Am I going to, you know, pull the iPad out of his hands and pull him out of the car and deal with this? And he's already out of his routine. He's been at grandma's, you know, like, uh, and so she said, you know, we're parked right in front of the store. It's not a hot day. I'm going to be back in five minutes. Fine. Play on your iPad. So she went, she got the headphones, she came back. Of course, he's fine. He's playing on the iPad. They drive home. And But somebody had, like, seen her getting out of the car, had videotaped the child being in the car without an adult, videotaped her license plate, reported her to the police. The police then charged her with contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Like, they traced the car and traced the I think it was her mom's car she was driving so they found her mom and found her and ended up charging her with contributing to the delinquency of a minor which is totally weird nuts yeah um because I think because they didn't have anything real to charge her with because because the laws don't say you can't leave a 4-year-old waiting for 5 minutes <laughs> in <laughs> right. whatever state she was in um and it was just this it was crazy I mean and what struck me about it when I read the article was like how Everyone but her. It was, you know, those comedies like, um, like Green Acres, the old yeah. show where the the guy, the husband of Zsa, Zsa Gabor or Eva Gabor or whatever, he was kind of sane, and everybody else was crazy. So he ended up looking crazy all the time, right? Because yeah, because they were all crazy and like all crazy in the same way. And so he, from our, you know, from the viewer's point of view, he seemed really sane and normal, but everybody thought he was nuts. That's <laughs> that's what I felt like I was reading with this article. Like her reasoning and her actions seemed totally rational to me. Like right. she didn't place the child in any danger that. Is, is enough danger that you should worry about it, right? Like you, you drive the car, you drive a kid around in a car, you understand there could be a car accident. But the chances of a car accident are low enough that you ignore them because probably there's not going to be a car accident, right. right? And similarly, it's not that there's zero chance of anything bad happening while the kid is waiting in the car. Yes, he could be snatched by an abductor, but the chances of it are so, so low that it doesn't make sense to organize your life around them, right? It's like, being afraid of that you you shouldn't go into the store because there might be a terrorist attack in the store while you're in there or you know you should never go indoors because there might be an earthquake or something like it's there there are risks of things that are so small that it's only rational to ignore them but all these people in the story had not seen it that way like the people who whoever videotaped her whoever turned her into the police the police themselves the prosecutor the judge like all these people acted like she had done something terribly dangerous and that just seems so bizarre to me, like so strange. So you have to assume that they sincerely believed either that the child was in danger or at least that she had done something really wrong. But if she, if the child wasn't in danger, what did she do wrong? You know what I mean? It was just, it was so weird. And so the more I thought about it, the more I thought maybe this is like a, 
maybe it's not that they actually either either they don't really believe the child is in danger, but they think she committed a moral violation, or somehow their estimate of the danger is being contaminated by their moral judgment, right? Like they right. think she did something wrong, and that makes them overestimate the danger somehow. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we set up, so we designed a study to test that hypothesis, and we actually did, uh, we replicated it a bunch of times. We did six separate experiments um, uh, with we a total of a few thousand uh, participants. And so what we did was um, we had people read short vignettes, short stories about kind of a, a situation kind of like Kim Brooks' situation where the mom, for one reason or another, decides to leave a child alone for some short period of time in a relatively safe place. And what we varied was the reason that the mother left and then people didn't know that. So people, each person would just read one version of the story. But mm-hmm. what they didn't know is that, you know, maybe you read the version where the mom chooses to go to leave the kid alone for 20 minutes in the car because she has to do something related to work. Uh, but in another version that somebody else read, it would be the same kid in the same car for the same 20 minutes, but the mom was meeting her lover. Um, or, <laughs> go, way to go, mom! Yeah. I know, go mom! Um or in another version, it was like she just stepped away from the car for a moment, but then she was hit by another car and knocked unconscious, and so nobody knew that the baby, so it was an accident that the child was alone in the car. And then we asked people afterwards, uh, after they read the vignette, uh, we asked them on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the safest or least risky and 10 being the least safe and most risky, you know, how much danger... What do you think was the danger of something bad happening to the child during the time that the parent was gone? And uh, what we found was that people thought bad things were more likely to happen to children if their parents chose to leave them than if the parents got hit by cars and left them by by accident. (laughs) Um, Which is, in fact, worse. I mean, you like, of course. To me, like, it's more logically, logically, you're better off with your parent not hit by a car. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be like the like ah oh, that would like derail me in this like vignette reading. I'd be like, oh, what happened to the mother and who's taking the child? Have they put together some sort of like you know legal document stating that somebody could take this? Oh, foster, you know, you just go like down this whole right. path and like well, I'm like ah, uh, twenty minutes to go get right. work. Like okay, that's crazy. Um, and so that was the big the big difference was that that if the parent if the mother left in one study it was fathers but if the mother left uh, or father left unintentionally then they thought the kid was safer than if the mother left on purpose and there was additionally um, small effects about why they left so if they left to meet their lover the kid was in a little more danger than if they left to um, like do charity work or or go to work. Danger of having a new daddy. What? What? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so silly. It's so bizarre. And but in a way, it kind of parallels um, when you see cases where moms are like jailed uh, for, like there was, a, I can't remember where, a case in, I think, South Carolina, where a mom who was six months pregnant who had let her two, I don't know, maybe two kids or Two, two, like a two and a four year old or something, wait in the minivan, which yeah. was air conditioned, while she grabbed a coffee at Starbucks, and they threw her in jail overnight. Now, how how does it benefit a two and a four year old to have their mom thrown in jail overnight? Yeah. That's somehow better for them than being allowed to wait for five minutes in a car. Yeah, I, I have two questions on. It. I have two two sort of next questions. So the first one is, 
how did we get here? Because we are all people. Every I cannot tell you how many conversations. I have never had a conversation with somebody where I'm like, I was a total latchkey kid. Mm. I, you know, came home by myself with a key and like yeah. took care of myself. I mean, like early. And like if I was sick, let's say my mom came to get me from school and elementary school and I was sick, she'd put me on the couch, tuck me in, put on the TV, and then she'd run up to the store to get soup and gator, like whatever I needed. And then she'd come right back. And, you know, my sister and I, we were at parks all the time. I mean, Everybody, yeah. no one's ever been like that. Was definitely not my life. Like, I mean, like yeah. ever. Yeah. And so, well, I'll tell you who says it's not their life is the people who are college students now. Well, right, right. Yes, that's <laughs> my true. students that I talk to. I guess that's true. I um, guess that's true because we. So are, that's when it happened. That it's somehow in those like yeah. last twenty-ish years. So like, that's the that's the big question that's really interesting to think about. It's like what happened in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a bunch of plausible things that people have suggested. I mean, what we showed, what we showed in our study was just a little piece of what we think is kind of a feedback loop where people think the child is in danger. And so they decide it's immoral to put the child in that situation. And then because they feel it's immoral to be in that situation, they overestimate the danger. So it's like, you think it's more dangerous. So you think it's wrong. And then you think it's wrong. So you think it's more dangerous and it goes kind of back and forth. But, but it is a question of like, what happened suddenly between the 70s and and now. And I think um, there are a bunch of suggestions. So one is that as more moms were working, more kids were in care where somebody was paid to take care of them instead of just like their mom, kind of them being around while their mom was watching them. And I think when you're home with a parent, nobody was it was like you could mom's maybe like talking on the phone and like yeah. stirring the spaghetti sauce and she's paying the bills or whatever. And the kid's kind of running around and it's fine. But if you're in like a daycare situation or a after school care situation or with a babysitter, it's that person's whole job to be watching you. Mm. And so there's the idea that like the kids should never somehow the babysitter isn't like paying the bills and making dinner and talking to friends on the phone, even though I'm sure tons, tons of them were, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but there, there's this different standard if you're like in paid daycare, right? Like Mm -hmm, that you have to be watched all the time and more closely monitored. Um, Also, there was a weird, um, the panic about missing children that got going in the 80s. I think what happened was that there started to be more divorce. And with more divorce, there started to be more cases of non-custodial parents grabbing kids. Mm -hmm. And the parents whose kids got grabbed by their former spouses who weren't awarded custody were really mad and were asking the FBI and the police for help, but the FBI and the police kind of considered it an internal family thing and they didn't want to get involved. And so the missing children, you know, the kids' faces on milk cartons and stuff, Mm -hmm. that seemed to grow. There was a group of parents whose kids had been kidnapped by their other parent, by their non-custodial parent, who were trying to get more publicity. And so they started this, like, I don't remember what it was called, you know, National Center for Missing Children or something. And they started trying to collect data. And even though almost all the kids were taken by family members or runaways, by if they included runaways, like teenage kids who had run away, then they could get the numbers up really high and they could claim that like hundreds of thousands of kids were missing. Mm. Um, the number who were actually abducted by people the family didn't know was tiny, like a handful, right. like I think, you know, under five or something that in one study that they tried to study in 2003, they tried to break down all these data and find out how many actual stereotypical like stranger kidnappings there were. It's very, very rare. But 
they could claim, the people who wanted to publicize it, if they counted runaways and they counted uh, family members and uh, of snatching the kids, then they could claim that lots and lots and lots of kids were being abducted, right? And so they could, right. like, get more press coverage for it. And so you got, like, faces on milk cartons and you've got, you know, Anderson Cooper doing, like, missing children, lost well, and yeah. found. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, our 24-hour like... <laughs> news cycle that we have that's really kind of come up in the last 20 years and then, like, with the dawning of the Internet and all the articles, right. that they, there's just, you're, you're inundated with it in a way, yeah. even if it's just one story, if that one yeah. story runs for, like, two months or a year, yeah. it feels like there are kidnappings happening every single all the time. day. Right, Yeah. right. And of course, fear is a big adrenaline rush, right? Like, pe- like local. Another thing that happened in the '80s was you got cable TV. So suddenly, instead of three news stations and you know an hour of news an evening, you had like 500 stations, you know, 120 stations, lots of local news, lots of cable news, looking for stuff to talk about all the time. Well, plus TV show. I mean, you got. I was a. You know, I love a good crime show, but suddenly yeah. you don't have three channels to pick a crime show from. You've got literally. Yeah. TV shows that are that that have an air of truth in them because they're totally. in a police office, but the yeah. storylines themselves are not true. But if yeah. you watch people getting, you know, uh, serial killers attacking every single day, right. you begin to think that serial right. killers are everywhere. because you know our brains did not evolve in an environment with TV. Like right. if we see oh. people who look <laughs> like nice people who have names and faces and we we spend we feel like we're spending time with them right we see yeah. scenes of them with their family we they're crying they're talking about the terrible crime that happened to them <laughs> you know some part of our brain that doesn't understand like our prefrontal cortex this new smart human part of our brain understands that this is fake and these people are actors and you know yeah. they're 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 it's made up but you know the reason it's still it has emotional resonance. The reason we like to watch it and we feel happy, then there has to be a happy ending or else we feel mad and, unha- you know, yeah. <laughs> ripped off is because we care about these characters. Like in some in some sense, it feels real to us. We oh. feel worried when the fictional child is fictionally kidnapped and we feel happy when the fictional hero saves the fictional child, <laughs> even though we understand it's all fake. Well, right, right. right. Uh, what, what about the idea of like, and I think this is related to what you just said because there's this, thing like that I do um, like if I'm watching a like a TV show where something terrible happens to the child it's like I make this decision in my mind well I'm never going to do what that parent did right. um, and of there's course. this that like I'll just mental note I'll never do that one thing and yeah. therefore my family will be safe forever we won't I have totally agree. which I is like ridiculous the- but, there, but the other part of that is this idea that even if the risk is so tiny if it were to happen right, it would right. be so bad that I yeah. can't take the like I can't take this risk even though I know, I know in my, in my in mind, my mind yeah. that there is like a point zero 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 six percent chance of this right. terrible thing happening but, but if it did so I can't take that chance right so people will say any chance is any any risk is too much and you know even if it's a point zero 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 whatever it's still I can't risk it but isn't that why isn't that true about plane crashes? Right. Well, or you know, car accidents yeah. or like the whole nine yards. But I, I want to jump on what Teresa say and go to something that you talked about as well in one of your other interviews and uh, was my second sort of thing when it comes to the data. And that was one of the things that you had said in an interview that surprised you was how it was mothers who took the survey, mothers who participated mm-hmm. in the test were the ones who ranked this mm-hmm. as 
the mo- like they would they would tend to respond ten like like yeah. the highest risk yeah. which is absurd because like a ten means like a shark is literally attached to your leg I know it off but I, here's my question and I wonder if you guys uh, wrestled with this when you guys were coming out with the with sort of the results and that is I as a parent I am a mom. And I'm pretty cool, guys. And uh, but I am parenting in this particular day and age, and I, I, I found myself even being like persuaded in how I respond to another parent or another person in the world based on what I assume somebody wants me to say. So, for example, uh-huh. we all know 20 minutes of television is what they recommend. So I'll say, sure, I let my child yeah. watch. 30 minutes of television, even though right. I let that kid sit in front of that TV for two right. hours some days, but 30 makes me seem cool. Like I'm okay with Ben in the rules, yeah. but not so far. But, so like, I wonder if I were taking that survey, is there like a reason as a mom, what do we find sure. ourselves in a place to make sure that we want to prove that yeah. we know it's wrong, even Absolutely, though we would yeah. do it, even though we left our kid to come take the test, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's totally possible. I mean, that's people, when you ask people questions, they might answer for all kinds of reasons other than other than just answering what they really think is the answer to what you're asking them. You know, like, like inherently as moms or as parents, I don't want to, dads have plenty of opportunity to lie to others <laughs> to make themselves sure. sound like they're doing it. They're, they're great uh, yeah. as much as moms do. But like as parents, I feel like with all this added pressure, it has screwed up our ability to be honest about mm-hmm. what we do as parents, which really yeah. sets a high bar. Even, and it's self-perpetuating. And it's self-perpetuating. Yeah. Just, like the, just like I feel like we're stuck, as you call this loop, in this mm-hmm. leaving your kids alone for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... We have just gotten ourselves crazy. Do you, has this, uh, let me just, I don't know if there's an answer to that per se. Uh, so I'll move on to this, which is after doing Well, this, let me just say oh, that sure. the, the survey was anonymous. Okay. Um, people never gave names. They didn't say anything about where they lived or anything. So to the degree that they weren't literally afraid of being judged or caught or anything because right. they didn't give any identifying information. But they might absolutely, as you say, they might be saying, I want to present myself as a good parent, and a good parent would never, ever, ever do this in a million years. A good parent would say that this was a 10 on the scale of 1 to 10, and so I'm going to call it a 10. Right. Well, we internally have that discussion even having a coffee when we're pregnant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we yeah. can't. I mean, or we, like a glass of wine. Or a glass it's of like, wine. Yeah. Yeah, well, why like, would you take the risk just for, just for right, yourself to have, a... to have a glass of wine? <laughs> what I think is funny about it is like, when did we decide that being paranoid was the best possible parenting? Like, yeah. why, like yeah. why, if you're sitting there thinking, well, how would a good mom answer? Like, regardless of what you actually think the risk is, if you're trying to answer what you think a good mom would answer, why would a good mom think that leaving a kid for 10 minutes is a 10 on the danger scale. Like, how does good mom navigate the real world if she can't tell the difference between real danger and not danger? <laughs> Every, oh my God, that's such a that good That closing point. door could slide close on my son again. That's, 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 yeah, like, at what store. point do you just say that's like clinical levels of anxiety disorder yeah. and you can't function? Yeah. Yeah, it's, we, we may not be well right now. As a society. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope that you're right that people are pretending to be more freaked out than they actually are, because I would rather think that people were pretending that they never let their kid be alone yeah. and actually letting their kid be alone than to think that they are actually 
you know, living this, trying to live this crazy, unlivable situation where the child is never out of their line of sight. I know. And then they go to college and they don't know how to, like, cut with scissors. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, um, so, well, and the people who can confess, by the way, are people like me, who's once the kids are grown up, you can be like, oh, yeah, hell, I let them watch TV all the time. (laughs) They had so much screen time. Are you kidding me? Because once they're grown up, nobody's gonna, gonna, like, go after you anymore, right? God. Oh, don't. Hey, hey, any, there's always tomorrow. Somebody can easily come back and and hunt you down for letting your kid watch, you know, Gilligan's Island. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for doing this study, and have a wonderful new year. Thanks. It was really nice talking to you. Happy New Year to you guys, too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. The great questions of your life. The great questions of your life. Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Put ketchup on a hot dog. Toilet paper. Over or under. Toilet paper. Star Wars. Star or Star Wars Trek. Or Star Trek. Fear not, my friends. Fear not, Mark my and friends. Hal always reach the definitive answer. Simply listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific on Maximum Fun. Fun. We Got This. Your better self is right around the corner. Namaste. If you love podcasts, comedy, and creativity, and you're looking for some new friends to share them with, why not check out MaxFunCon 2017? MaxFunCon is a chance to get away from it all, spend a weekend laughing, and return inspired to create amazing things. Join us for MaxFunCon in Lake Arrowhead in June, or MaxFunCon East in the Poconos in September, and prepare yourself for one of the best weekends of your life. Tickets are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Well, that was really interesting. Yeah. It's been a while since we've kind of talked about this concept of people being insane when it comes to letting your kids be alone. Yeah. And the study is really fascinating. And you do start to, it goes back to that thing we talk about all the time, this judging. And I think it's a combo of this like moral judging. Mm -hmm. What would I do? What does society want me to think is the right thing to do? As well as the internal conversations we give ourselves Mm -hmm. about what we think we're supposed to be doing and what's the right thing to do and what will other people think um i it was fascinating and i I thought she she and her team did a really good job laying out uh, sort of what may be adding to this so that was good yeah i really i i found it super helpful to think about it in terms of those moral judgments yeah right escalating the risk because it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way yeah yeah for me too um well you know what else makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way (laughs) listening to a mom have a breakdown hey if this is a rant or maybe a fail i think it's just a rant um So my almost two-year-old has been sick all week, and I've been keeping him home with me, and I drive my daughter, my four-year-old, to daycare and drop her off, and she's super excited. She loves daycare. She especially loves Friday, which is today, because it's show-and-tell day and all kinds of other stuff, and this is her last day before winter break, Um, except she decided that she doesn't want to go today because... Unlike the rest of the week, I am going to work, and my husband is staying home with the sick, almost two-year-old. 
so she wants to stay home with him. And I feel really rejected and, like, I suck and am the crap parent because she wants to stay home with him. And she didn't even ask all week when I was home. And when I said that to him because I was sad and he asked what was up, he was like, well, you're always complaining that they want to, you know, sit on your lap at dinner and, and that they're always touching you and you never get any time alone. So maybe you should just decide what you want in life, blah, blah, blah. And I guess I should. I don't know. It's, I do want time away from them. I am excited to be alone in my car, but I also don't want to be the not fun parent. Anyway, thanks for the show, guys. Bye. Oh, man. This is such a, this is a real thing. Yeah. This is, because, like, here's the thing. I, there is truth in feeling like, well, why doesn't my kid want to stay home when I'm the one who's yeah. dealing with the that's other sick That's straight kid? up rejection. That's like, straight that's up rejection. regular old, yeah. somebody doesn't like me rejection. Right. Which is, like, from the moment we are... <laughs> aware of our surroundings and becoming social humans, that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Even though that is taking place in a universe at the moment where you are dealing with a sick two-year-old, which yeah. is a lot. Yes. And is exhausting for you. Mm-hmm. And, and physical. And physical and draining. And, like, if you're, here's, if it was me. And my child suddenly was like, I want to stay home with you. I would have been like, no, you're going to school. I can yeah. only deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when it swaps, it and like so both of those things I think are existing in the same universe, yeah. right? Like, and then there's the the thing I think that touched me the most was where she her husband says, you know, so which is it? Yeah, which do you want? Yeah, which is an unfair question. Yeah, because and we we get asked that by our friends, we ask that of ourselves, yeah. we ask that. I mean, that's like as soon as you start saying that parenting is hard, somebody's going to come out with, "Well, why do you have kids?" or yeah. "Why don't you change your job?" or yeah. "Why well, all they're going to grow up so fast." They're going to grow up so you fast. Know, you, you should, should really should, appreciate this. Right. Or, Let them yeah. climb all over you. Yeah. Let them swing from your earrings and step yeah. on your boobs. Yeah. You know what or I mean? Or that you're just supposed to feel one way about it right. all the time. Like That's right. And you're what we all know to be true is that you don't feel one way about it. Yeah. You simultaneously feel two to five ways about yeah. it at the same moment. All the time. All the time. Around the clock. There are moments where you're having dinner and your child sitting in your lap and you love it. No one remembers that one. People are going <laughs> right. to remember when you're like, get off my lap. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should all start yelling, I'm enjoying you being yeah. on my lap yeah. while I'm eating. I this love is this. so <laughs> fulfilling and rewarding. I love the smell of your hair oh. and the touch of your skin against mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we should say that more. But people don't tend to listen to those either as much. Right. People, yeah. people want inherently to hear you complain about stuff. <laughs> that's the stuff that sticks to us, mm-hmm. right? So it is an unfair question, even if your husband, and I'm sure, I, I don't think that you married a jerk. I'm pretty sure he yeah. meant that like, oh, well, what do you, you know? Yeah, like, well, right, you like, can't have it both ways right? or whatever. Yeah. But uh, you kind of can have it both ways. Yeah. You can, You're like, going to feel all the stuff. Yeah, as, yeah, including feeling rejected. Yeah. Including wishing that, like, 
you could be home with both of them and it's like a perfect day. Yeah. Right? And uh, that they are all running away from your husband screaming, not with daddy! <laughs> right? Like, um, and then tomorrow you'll be like, why won't they just spend time with daddy? Right? right? Like, why won't they just give me some time alone? Yeah. These are all real things. And I, I just feel like it's an important call because it's super complicated. It's just super complicated. The emotional back and forth that we feel when it comes to our time and what we feel we are giving our kids and what we want back from our kids mm-hmm. and and the fact that it all exists at the same time. I don't think anybody gives each other enough credit for that tug of war that's happening all the time. That's right. So you are doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. You really are. Good job. You are doing a really good job. Everybody, what did we learn? I think this was a really valuable show. Yeah. I think our big No t- thanks to us. Not, oh, very rarely. <laughs> thanks to us. Well, actually, you did have one really good insight. And that was? Fuck resolutions. Fuck resolutions. Yeah. Today's big takeaway is fuck your resolutions. Yeah. We are not doing that shit anymore. Yeah, we're done with that. Next year, we'll just, I don't know, talk about something else yeah. at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But it won't be about resolutions. Nope. I'll play that next year. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're also remembering that we're all getting really good at this. Yeah. And we're also all going to remember that we need to take a moment to think about what the risks really are with everything. Because we cannot live our lives constantly worrying that everything we come in contact with or our children come in contact with is a 10. On a scale yeah. of one to ten. It is it not. It doesn't make sense. It Life wouldn't really, work yeah. that way. <laughs> Life would be really difficult. Um, so everybody, you are doing an amazing job. Yeah, this you is going to be a great fucking year. Yeah. going to kick the shit out of this year. Yeah. Also, I think we'd like to just take a moment and give a special shout out to... All the people involved in the ever-growing One Bad Mother community, uh, very specifically the people who are the admins of the One Bad Mother private uh, online Facebook group, Uh, these guys do this because they want to do it, which is amazing to me. (laughs) It's a big job. It's a big job. And they're really good at it. They're really good at it. And we want to say Thank you to them, uh, as well as to all the people who are adminning, all the subgroups that are out there. Guys, the communities are so nice. They're so supportive. Uh, I'll I'll throw the link up again on the public page so you can figure out how to become uh, a member of the private online communities. Uh, It's it's worth it. Make sure you read the guidelines before you... (laughs) Yeah. Make the full commitment yeah. because there are some. Read the guidelines before you start like posting. Yeah, yeah, and we highly recommend that. That's a smooth yeah. journey. Yeah. Smoother journey, guys. Yeah. Um, and just thank you to everybody who's a part of yeah. that community, posting on there, commenting on there, you know, whether you're an admin or not. Everybody who's showing up with honesty and kindness yes. and gentleness and non judginess. You guys make that community what it is, and it really feeds us and feeds our show as well. So we're really grateful to all of you. Yeah, thank you so much. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a great job. Thanks, Fizz. So are you. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to load.
down Mama Blues I got to low down Mama Blues Got to low down Mama Blues Low down Mama Blues Got to low down Mama Blues Got to low down Mama Blues You know that's right We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, I thrown down Mama Blue. Oh, Daddy, baby, fussing by, I down Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.